You are listening to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, Episode 20, God's Timing. Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast. From sunny San Diego, California, this is Tim Lucas. And with us from Los Angeles, the one, the only, watch out for imitations because we got the only real one, Ryan Goff. What's going on, Ryan? I don't know what to say after that introduction. That was, uh, that was a pretty good one, but uh, doing good. I'm in sunny California, man. How can I not be good? It's 70 degrees. We had Thanksgiving dinner outside. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, last year for Christmas, I went and swam in the ocean. Granted, it was not comfortable. It was pretty cold. But I did it just to say that I was able to swim in the ocean. You might have noticed, yes, Ryan is not in his usual uh, Portland, Oregon. He is in LA. And so because of that, we have a special guest, his friend. You might have heard us talk about him. Brother Joey Rios is with us in place of Nigel, who uh, is not joining us tonight. So he's not actually taking his place, but we wanted him to come on. And this is actually a first for us. Instead of interviewing him, he's just going to be a guest with us. Um, he didn't want to be the focus uh, focus of the show. So Joey, welcome to the show. Hey, Tim. Hey, Ryan. And I give honor also to Brother Nigel. I could never replace him. He's pretty awesome. Hey, you showed up, so... That's that's ministry right there, man. Showing up. Yeah. Thanks for having me on with you guys. <laughs> oh no, we're I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this. So we're gonna start off real quick. Uh, Brother Joey's actually going to be starting a church here in the next few months, and he's going to be a part of uh, the launch ministry or uh, the launch program, I guess. I don't really know much about it. Um, I've heard the the name before. So Joey, why don't you kind of fill us in on um, your vision for the church you're starting and then also what this specific launch program is all about? Sure thing, bro. Um, basically, for the last three to four years, I've had a real strong burden to to plant a church. and uh, But I've just really been praying and asking God for the right time because my pastor, Brother Elms, he always talked about how there's always a divine timing with everything you do. And uh, I just wanted the blessing of the Lord. I wanted to make sure I was in the perfect will of God. And uh, this year, I just felt like I needed to really just step up by faith and get the blessing, not over, only from my pastor, but also from, my, from the presbyter and from all the leaders in our district. And um, uh, we are going to be church planning in Pasadena, California. It's about 148,000 people. And at the moment, there's no apostolic Pentecostal church. And um, every time I'm in the area, whether recreating or eating or just driving around, I just feel a strong burden for the people there. And and we need a witness there. We need an apostolic witness to yeah. to reach those those 148,000 people. And um, so I do have the blessing from our district. They have given me the the permission to go into the city and to begin. Uh, uh, exploring uh, opportunities to to rent a building to to start Bible studies to, to just just evangelize the area, and I'm just so grateful. You know, um, the Lord uh, also has been impressing upon me to take uh, to to look into this launch initiative that North American Missions is is starting this year. They uh, they talked about it at this last general conference. And brother Tony is, is brother Jimmy Tony is spearheading this, and and it's it's a great uh, church planning solution. It's because church planners have a lot of challenges that face them when they're they're first starting a church. Not only fin- financially, 
but also with having anyone around them like a team. So this launch program, uh, in order to be a part of the program, it's it's not only for some great training, uh, and that's definitely what we need in, 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 in planning a church, but also financial support opportunities. And um, so what it is, uh, they have four phases, and the first phase is in January. Uh, on your own dime, you got to go to St. Louis, and it's for four days. They call it boot camp, and it's a, it's a four days of training. And then in April, it's another follow-up uh, training called Phase 2. It's three days and another uh, uh, round of training. In July, August, around that time, they have an online training. I don't know exactly um, the scope of that online training, but the fourth phase is an actual internship with two veteran church planners um, in Brother Sistrunk and Brother Staten. Staten. Yeah, and, um, both great, great men. Yes, and I and I am looking forward to that, and I am all in, and I'm just going to launch out by faith in Jesus' name, and I'm believing God. God is going to be with me all the way, and um, yeah, so I'm really excited, bro. I'm really excited in Jesus' name. That's awesome. I can only imagine. I've never planted a church, um, but I can only imagine how lonely at times it must feel, and that seems like another thing that would, to some extent, be... Uh, mitigated through that program. So it sounds like a great program from uh, everything you're saying. Yeah, because it's taking not only uh, you got to go in with a team approach, not just you and and because uh, a lot of church planners they they end up failing because they don't have any support. But not only do I have support from my local church, Harvest Tabernacle in Eagle Rock, but also support from the district. And, um, and there is also a financial opportunity if, if you are selected that if you raise a quarter of your budget in church planning for that year ahead of you, um, NAM will match you dollar for dollar, uh, wow. a, a quarter of your budget and then uh, potentially if you're selected to be able to go in general conference and they will raise the other half of your budget. Wow. So it just, just, cool. it's just a great opportunity and uh, I'm just grateful for this. Um, I do owe jo- Jimmy Tony a, a very sincere apology. I have... Uh, in my, I'm sure he's listening and has been waiting for this. Oh, he's he definitely... That, that's, that's a for I, sure thing. <laughs> last uh, episode... We talked about North America missions, but my wife pointed out that repeatedly I call it home missions. So, Brother Tony, I am so sorry that I would say such hurtful words as to call it home missions instead of North American missions. For those of you who don't know, it changed a few years ago from home mission to North American missions. I'm joking. Was he the one that changed it? I don't think so. I think Brother Kuhn did. Oh, okay. So it probably wasn't that personal to him, but I did want to extend that apology that it was no disrespect meant uh, at all. <laughs> I know that they, uh, I don't know if it's meant, if it's, if it has to be this way, but they strongly, strongly encourage to do a team approach. And I'm not quite sure if, if these are people that they want you to be praying with that, that are in your local church currently, or is this part of the launch program itself? Like, is it built into the program? It's definitely of what I, what I understand is you do have to go in with at least three people in your team and they cannot be your family because you know how that can be, especially with some, some Hispanic families. You can bring like 20 with you and they're all your, your relatives. (laughs) And, um, but no, it's, it's, you got to have at least three people that are not your family. And whether or not it's from your home church, because you can also go in as a branch work, as a daughter work. 
You know, okay. it's not only saying as a tr- as a home missions, but it also has opportunity as a branch work. But um, but if if your if your home pastor would would uh, delegate and assign a couple people, that isn't also a possibility. Yeah, I know. Um, that's one thing. At ABI, we had Brother Kuhn come and teach our. At that time, it was still home missions. Our home missions class, and uh, which is one of the great benefits of a place like Apostolic Bible Institute. Uh, side plug there, but um, he came and taught our home missions class, and he gave the statistics on how uh, the um, the success rate of churches that are planted as daughter works versus guys who go out and just start a church on their own, and it's astronomical of how many succeed. I think it was like nine out of ten that are planted as daughter works, um, and there was a few criteria they had. I think of like. Um, number of people that go with them from the original church and how much contact they have with the original church and things our mother church but yeah i think it was like three out of ten survive if they're planted five years if they're planted just totally by yourself um and nine out of ten it might have been eight i don't remember for sure now if it's planted as a daughter work so that team approach that's that's the right path to go down it sounds like of course i'm not an expert but are you sure about that I'm just kidding. No, I'm lying about it. <laughs> you said you're not an expert. I'm like, well... Oh, the expert part. Yeah. yeah. No, that I'm not sure about. I thought you meant the numbers. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Come on, Tim. We're supposed of to be connected I, on I another ever, level, man. Have I, have I ever not been sure about my numbers? Just kidding. Now, before we started recording, uh, Ryan, you were telling us about a book you're reading, and I love this book. Can you, let's talk about that for just a couple minutes. Yeah, I am just getting into it. It's called Why Revival Tarries by uh, Leonard Brother Ravenhill. Ravenhill. Yeah, Leonard Ravenhill. Um, and man, I tell you what, you want to read a convicting book besides the Bible. Yeah. Uh, you know, you may think you pray enough and you may think that you're doing enough, um, but he has a way of making you feel like you've been a slacker. <laughs> Yeah, is the best way to put it. I mean, it's it has been convicting me like crazy. Um, so much so that it's really challenged me to to make some changes in my schedule. And this is a podcast announcement, a reveal, uh, confession. That I actually put no, I want to say confession, on air confession, um, on air announcement that I actually resigned from one of my jobs so that I could have enough time and. My wife, I'm not gonna lie. My wife and I had been talking about it a little bit, but uh, even when I told her just just today, actually, she's like, "What? Are we supposed to like create a timeline?" <laughs> I was like, because I just I really feel like I need to dedicate more time to prayer um, and just taking you know besides getting up early, besides doing those things, if there's a way that I can manage my schedule a little bit better so that I have more time to focus on the things of God, to focus on prayer, studying the word, and not only that, but having time to get out there. Because with with working and with doing and with working at the church, um getting out there and getting Bible studies and those types of things, I needed more time. And uh man, I tell you what, this book just it really challenged me. Um, I mean, 
uh, I got to find it here, but in one of the chapters, well, why don't just, you go ahead and uh, about, uh, tell, go and summarize it. Why does revival Terry according to Mr. Ravenhill? Oh, bro, I haven't finished the book yet. Sorry. Well, I'll tell you because we don't pray enough. <laughs> There you go. You don't have to finish it. That's the book. I was gonna say, <laughs> sorry, sorry to ruin it. That's the whole book, and it's incredible. Um, and actually, any any book you read by him, um, there's many titles by him, and they're all yeah. good. They're all worth reading, but they're all the same book. We don't have revival because we don't pray enough, and we don't pray enough because we're not committed to God enough. He's. It's all excuses. If you're not praying enough, it's because you don't value prayer enough, and. You're a slacker and you're a sinner and go ahead and start crying now. That's basically his books. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, he goes into one chapter. He talks about all the, just the millions of people. And he talks about Japan, Korea, India, Middle East, Europe, China, like all the millions of people there. And then one thing that really got me, he says, to add to your burden in mind, there are 15 million Jews, 315 million Muslims, 170 million Buddhists, 350 million Confucianists and Taoists, 255 million Hindus, 90 million uh, um, Shintoists, Shintoists, millions of others for whom Christ died and who are mainly unreached with the blessed gospel. It says even church-conscious America has 27 million youth under 21 years of age who receive no Christian training and 10,000 villages that do not have a church building. Almost a million persons in the world die each week without Christ. And then he says, is this nothing to you? How does that not shake yeah. you? I mean, and I, and I know that we, we kind of know it in the back of our mind, but the the reality is is that there are hundreds of millions of people out there who need to hear the gospel and we got to answer the call that's why i love this podcast that's why i love being yeah. part of the church um but we have to have unction in the pulpit we have to be spirit filled and we have to be spirit led and he his basic thing is if you're not praying, you're being too much yourself. You're not being enough God. And being yourself, yeah, it can affect people, but not in a good way because it doesn't shake them to their to their spiritual being like when God does it. Um it's just, I mean, and we don't pray enough, by the way. <laughs> and the musicians can come now. Um <laughs> Yeah, I need an altar call break here. Yeah, it's uh, and this is the first book I read from him, and like like you were telling me, it's probably the probably the only book I'll need to read for him because I mean, there's there's so much meat in this thing. I I mean, I'm reading through it now. I'm gonna have to read it through probably like four more times just to. Yeah, definitely a no fluff writer for oh, sure. Yeah, well, and I love it because at the end of each chapter, he has like these little one liner paragraph like he has what people like quotes and scriptures and stuff that are just that are awesome yeah now joey when you were talking about um starting a church you specifically actually perfectly unintentionally introdu- introduced our main topic for today you talked about that you feel now is god's timing and that's what we're talking about today is waiting on god's timing finding god's timing what was it for you that you felt like now is God's timing or this year versus say two years ago? Well, 
the last six years, I've had the the honor and privilege to serve in and as part of the SoCal youth team. And uh, I wanted to give my everything to that, not only serving my local church, Harvest Tabernacle, as the youth pastor, and serving uh, our section as the as a youth representative, but also on the team. I want to give a quick shout-out also to our SoCal youth team. They're, it's the greatest team there is. Um, Brother Mother Weezer, our youth president. Brother Nelson Rivera, our secretary. Brother Dame Butler, our our. Um, our director promotions and we got we got four uh four other men that are great uh sectional rep representatives section one michael gonzalez section two we got josh mclean section three marco salinas and section five is uh adam martinez and these men have made me better as a as a minister i know because you're this 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 pulpit behind the pulpit podcast has been such a blessing because i i'm a big fan I listened to pretty much every every episode. I really enjoyed the last one, um, but it's speaking to other young ministers like us on this youth team, on this on the Sunday school staff, on all of our all these young ministers under the age of forty. And you guys have been doing a great job, and I'm really applaud you guys, Tim, Ryan, Brother Nigel, and I'm really impressed with what you guys have been doing, and I'm honored to be on Thank with you. you. But I wanted to be able to put my everything into being um, part of this team, and this is my last year as part of the team, so I've been feeling a, a release, you know, and uh, I think it's it's a time to move on, and I really want to focus now on on just evangelizing the lost and because I, you know, the word of God says in Ecclesiastes 3 1, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. You know, there, there is a perfect time that it's not on our, on our schedule, but it's in the schedule of the right. Lord in his time. You know, and as a young minister, every, a young man or young lady out there that feel like maybe their, the opportunity is not there yet, just to be patient. You know, and to to wait on God. I know that's not. It's very cliche and and, and churchdom. You know, uh, just wait on God's time. But it's true. You know, and and yeah. uh, because if we got everything when we wanted it, when we when we thought we wanted it, and we thought it was the right time, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Ha- there would be no process. There would be no character development. There would be no trusting. You know, when you're waiting on God, there's trust there. You're trusting that He knows better. He 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 knows better for for you. He has your best interests in mind, you know. And I just feel like I feel a peace of God because I know when when you're following the voice of God, you you need the peace of God. And um and it, and me uh, doing this initiative, launching out from my from uh, away from my my home church, it's a little scary. It's a little scary. I got to be honest, but but I feel a peace of God. I, I I'm leaving with with joy and peace. And I don't. I wouldn't want to leave in any other way. And I have the support from my pastor, my current pastor, Pastor Clennon, who's an incredible man of God. And he, I have his full support. And I know he's going to help me to in this new endeavor. Yeah, and and you mentioned something that for me, and I know everybody hears from God different. And that's really the key is to learn how you hear from God. Because if you hear from God one time, typically, not always, but you'll hear from, when you hear from God, it's going to be similar. Um, that's something I learned from Billy Cole. We talked about the video series. I think we talked about it last episode. Um, and so you really go check those out. That's one thing he talked about, how the difference between how he heard from God versus how his wife heard from God and how it's typically similar and you need to learn how God speaks to you. But for me, it's peace. Mm, um, amen. Is like even coming here to, to San Diego, I, I, 
knew it was right because when I thought about coming here, when I talked about it, I always just felt this peace. Um, when I talked about some other options, I it was just like, I didn't know why, but it just, I, I would get kind of anxious. And and so that's that's one way that I God confirms to me his direction. Yes. Um, specifically when it comes to timing, though, for me, I, this is funny. I've never met anybody who has said that they feel like God is moving too fast. Right. Nobody's ever been like, hey, God, slow down. <laughs> you know, it's always, God, why are you waiting so long? You know, I'm ready. Let's do something. And so I think I always have feel like I've erred on the side of waiting. Mm -hmm. If I'm not sure if it's time or not, I wait. I wait until it's like, okay, I have to do this. Right. Um, and, and it's like, it's compelling and, and I, I can't not do it. And, and I've, I feel like there's safety in that. And I've also, the Lord, or I'm, my dad told me that, um, you know, God will, you'll never miss out on God's will by being too slow. Like he's not going to put it in front of you and then take it away right. because you waited a day. If it's something that's like, okay, you got to make a decision now. He's like, it's never God's will. Um, of course there's exceptions, but in general. And, uh, what about you, Ryan? Have you had, um, some maybe experiences that come to mind of finding God's timing? Um, you know, sometimes finding God's direction, we find God's direction, but then is it God's timing? Like Abraham, you know, he found God's direction. You're going to have a son. Um, and it's, he's going to become a great nation. Well, he couldn't wait long enough. And so he created another nation that ended up causing a big problem. So as far as the timing, have you, what lessons have you learned about that? Yeah, as far as ministry goes, really the, you know, feeling the pressure of Bible school ending and just everyone from when fourth year started till fourth year was ending and just them asking me, you know, what's your plan? Well, honestly, I was, I, I, up until probably May, May was when I went and visited Portland, Oregon. Uh, I was torn. I was either going to go to Manhattan or to uh Portland. And when I went and visited uh Portland, I met with the district superintendent brother Graves uh and the North American Mission Director brother Hansen uh both just completely totally different p people like their personalities, everything about them is completely different, but they're both equally just as uh, awesome. I don't, yeah, it's not really like amazing. Just in their own way, they're just, they balance each other out perfectly. And, uh, I met with, with, uh, my current pastor, Brother Brock as well. And just sitting down talking with him, I, I felt like that was what I needed. Like I, it, and you know, that kind of that piece you were talking about, I just felt that connection. Like, when I met with Brother Hanson and then when I met with, when I met with Dallas, I just kind of, I just felt like this was where God was leading me. Um, and then when I went to Bible college, uh, and I had talked about this, I think in a previous episode, but I was actually talking with Joey. We were driving back from a men's conference, either men's or, it was either a men's or a, or a youth conference down in San Diego, actually. Uh, and we talked about Bible college and, uh, 
until we had actually talked about it, my eyes weren't really open to how my life situation was unfolding because I had always wanted to go to Bible college, but I just had always hesitated because I was pushed to secular college and then to working. Uh, but when I stopped and really started praying about it and looking around, it was like all the doors that were keeping me in Portland or keeping me in LA were closing. Like we didn't get a house. Um, that was the big thing. Uh, we were, we were, we were really trying to buy a place and just like every, every time we tried to do it, something would happen and the deal would fall through and we were stuck, not stuck, but we, we would lose out on that, on that, um, house. And, and then when I talked to brother Elms, that was the other thing, you know, he was hesitant at first, um, but I knew, and I talked to Joey about it, um, the thing about Pastor Pastor Elms was you got to go with a plan. He wants to know your plan. He wants to know that you've thought about it, that this isn't just some knee-jerk reaction. Um, and once I had his blessing, that was when I really knew that that was what God wanted me to do. Now, that being said, uh, I was just in Minnesota, and we had talked. We did our last recording when I was there. And there was a time, I mean, uh, I was talking with, with uh, Trevor Lund, who graduated with me, but his pastor and father-in-law was Brother Merrick. And and Trevor and I were talking while we were there. We were eating lunch, and I think I had told him we were going to be talking about this exact this episode. And uh, it was interesting. He was telling me that Brother Merrick, before he went to Bible college, he had heard from the Lord that that was where he needed to go. Like, he was sure of it. I mean, you know Brother Merrick. He is yeah. like he doesn't mess around. He's he doesn't mess around with anything. And he he was for sure that he was supposed to go. But his pastor told him his pastor said that he he told him not to go to Bible college. Brother Merrick was like you know, I'm sorry. I got to listen to God on this one. <laughs> and he yeah. uh and he actually went to ABI and uh I think he cuz he had a wife and a couple kids. Um and you know, the rest, you know, that's how the story, uh, unfolded as far as from that point on. But Trevor was just saying that, you know, that was one thing Brother Merrick told him, you know, if you have heard from God, you know, and, and for sure, not like, you know, just some flaky individual who, uh, you know, whips, you know, here's this and that and, oh, I'm going to go this way and I'm going to go that way. And, oh, God told me to do this and God told me to do that. No, like, that's not really how God works. But if you know for sure that God has called you to do something, then sometimes you got to listen to God. Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully the pastor will give his blessing. And I'm not saying to go against what your pastor says. You know what I mean? And Brother Merrick was older at the time. He was like, I think he was, he was already married and had, I believe he had his kids when he was going to ABI as well. Um, but I thought that was interesting because if there was anybody that you would think would not do that, just being just being taught by by him and and knowing his character and type of person. But I think the key is you have to be so sure. Right. Because it's one thing if, you know, you have your pastor's blessing and you make a mistake. Say it wasn't God's will for you to go and you go and you have your pastor's blessings, God's going to kind of cover for you. He takes care of you. But if your pastor said don't go, it's not God's will for you to go. And you go anyways, 
God's not going to help you out. So you're going to be out there alone. So you better make sure it's God, especially if you're married. Because then it's like, like I've, I've said before on the podcast, you know, I've, I'll go out, you know, if I was single, I'll go out and sleep in my car. No big deal. Like, that's not really even that sacrifice. That's fine. I call it camping. I do that for fun sometimes. But now I got a wife and a couple kids. I can't say, hey, honey, we're not going to, we're we're just going to fast this week because I I didn't hear from God and I quit my job because I thought I was going to be full time and it was just my opinion. I, I can't do that, you know? Um, Brother Tim, can I say something about yeah, this same topic? Of course, of course. Um, basically, I had that strong desire to go to Bible college when I was about 19, 20 years old, and I talked to my pastor about it. Uh, there's a, a college over here in California called Christian Life uh, College in Stockton, and uh, and I was so sure that it was God's will for me to go. And here we go with the timing thing again. And yeah. my pastor, Bishop Elms, he told me, you know what, um, it's a good idea, but I think for you right now, I feel like just just to get the experience as being a youth worker and, and just learn here under my ministry, and if it's God's will that you go to Bible college sometime in the near future, he'll open the door. So I, I obeyed, and I, and I listened to him, and the Lord opened a door in his time in 2008 for uh, a Bible school, kind of like CSTI down there in San Diego, that they started over here called LACM, Los Angeles College of Ministry. And and it was just the answer to my prayer. And I was able to keep my full-time job, still work in the church, and still go every Monday night and have men of God uh, that are local pour into us for four years every Monday and I and I completed that, and I graduated from that, and it was just an answer to my prayer. It doesn't mean that God said no, but He just said it's not my time. It's just kind of just wait a little while, you know. And it's and it's a blessing. It's been it's always a blessing to wait on the Lord. Yeah, I don't know that. I I would like to say, and of course, I'm not an expert. I haven't lived near long enough to be there, but I can't imagine God will ever hold you accountable for submitting to your pastor. One of the things that I found in the book that I was uh, that we were talking about why our rival Terry's is uh, one chapter talks a lot about this and it's uh, it's a chapter where he's uh, asking if there's any Elijah's today in the church but he talks about Psalms 37 23 you know the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord right um, and he uses Elijah as an example that when God said to hide yourself he ordered him to hide himself and then also again to show himself and that it's important to know that it would be wrong to hide when we should be rebuking kings for his sake and he's using Elijah as an example and it would also be wrong to preach if the spirit is calling us to wait upon the Lord and he finishes with you know we must learn with David that my soul wait thou only upon God you know that's that's where prayer being sensitive to to God's spirit is so important because it really is God who makes the change, who who orchestrates it all. I don't want to be God's mouthpiece and not be used when I'm supposed to be used. It's hard to not go to not go and do something that you want to do. Ultimately, you know that it's. We know being have been through Bible school and been in the ministry for a while that. There's a reason that God has it planned out the way he does. And it's because he wants us to affect as many people as possible 
but in his way and in his time. And ultimately, God's the one that's making the changes, not us. There's nothing about what I'm doing that's special or what Tim's doing or Joey's doing. It's it's about what God's doing through each and every one of us. And we need to we want to reach our highest potential in Christ. And the only way we can do that is to be close to him in prayer, dedicated in our in our study and in our fasting. So that way, when we're called upon, we're ready and we're chomping at the bit. Um, but it, it's hard to be told not to do something, especially if it's by a non-visible seeing person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that's, you know, and I know that God, that we can use pastors and, and uh, elders, and that's why we need those in our lives. That's why we need a pastor. That's why we need an elder, uh, mentors, um, all these safeguards that we talked about before, people that can speak uh, guidance. You know, and Brother Ryan's also friends, friends, peers, you know, like Brother Tim, like like yourself, Ryan, yeah. and Brother Nigel, but friends that we can confide in and trust and that have our, have our best uh, interests at heart, you know, and uh, yeah. the multitudes of counselors, their safety. You know, and, and, uh, there's, you can't go wrong, you know, with really trusting people, trusting, trusting a brother, you know, and, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And you can fool your pastor, not intentionally, but Pastor Asha, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, the Lord's blessing and great time in prayer. You're not lying. You're just sugarcoating it. Right. You know, not on purpose. You're not trying to deceive, just, you're not going to tell him, oh, man, I had the worst time in prayer this week. I just haven't heard from God at all. But if you can be honest with your friends, they'll notice patterns and be like, hey, man, right. I'm, I'm concerned about you. You know, you've started making some really crass jokes. that You used to not do that. What's going on? Where's your Where's your heart at? You know, and if they're your real friends, they'll say things like that. So I think you're right. It is important. We've mentioned that before, the importance of having peers. And it's so important as ministers. This is something that I've noticed some of the other preachers that are younger that they haven't really developed other preacher friends. They keep their same friends from before they became a preacher and it doesn't work. I'm, I'm not saying get rid of those friends, but you will never, you can't, once you become a preacher, you will not relate to those people if you want to progress. Now, if you want to stay there where you preach a sermon every now and then and never really get involved in ministry, that's fine. But that's as far as you're ever going to go. You're never going to progress unless you pick out, some peers who are like-minded, ministry-minded. And and those are the kind of people you need around you that are that are going to protect you, that they can see into your life if you'll let them and can be honest with, and you can benefit each other. Especially if they're at or heading in the direction that you see yourself going. Right. You know, if you see yourself planning a church and you're friends and you're, you know, you have a peer that's planted a church or is in the process of doing so, I agree, man. I think that's huge. And, and just in ministry in general, having peers outside of, as compared to the church, I mean, you really can't relate on any aspect of, of religion or Christendom. And like anything that has to do with what we should be talking about. Um, and if, especially if we are bivocational, we spend enough time talking about 
non-church related things at work and with our friends that we have there. Um, we already have as little, you know, we have very little free time as it is. I know I personally like to use my free time speaking, you know, spending time with other ministers and, and other ministry minded friends. Um, you know, um, and it's interesting. My dad always told me to, when you're trying to find the will of God, and this is, this is really kind of an overlapping point of finding the will of God and finding the timing of God. Um, because the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. But he always told me, he gave me three scriptures. One of them, Ryan, you already mentioned the steps of a good man or, or the Lord directs the steps of a good man. Um, another one, Jeremiah that says, uh, the way of a man is not in himself. And, and then the third one, we all know Proverbs chapter three, that says, lean not on your own understanding. Um, acknowledgement in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. And so pray those. And I literally, I will quote the scriptures and pray them again. And every single day I'll say, God, you promised, you promised that if I would acknowledge you and I'm doing that right now, I'm literally acknowledging you. And so you promised me you would direct me. You, I'm admitting, like Jeremiah said, that the way of my way is not in me. I can't figure out what I need to do. I'm actively leaning away from my own understanding. I'm rejecting any sense of trying to figure it out. And I'm, I'm completely relying on you. And you promised that, that if I would be righteous and I would be good and, and no, I'm not perfect, but your righteousness clothes me. So I am a righteous man. You would direct my steps. So you owe me by your word to direct my path. And you promise, and so you pray that every day, and I, God will give you direction every time, and that includes timing. Um, he's not out there to trick you, you know. He's not. He doesn't put his will out there in a ghillie suit up in a tree, and you got to go find what tree stand he's sitting in. You know, like he wants us to know his will, and we comp- overcomplicate it sometimes. I think. Well, I. <laughs> As far as timing is concerned, because a lot of our young men and young women out there, not only are they frustrated about the timing of God and opportunities in ministry, but also in knowing who their spouse is going to be. You yeah. Know, that's a big area of frustration. And I know it was for me, you know, because cause I prayed for years and it was, you know, that one, I, that one I really wanted. It took three, four years. Ryan knows the story. Um and uh we were just really good friends and and uh i wanted things to not it, things didn't move like i wanted them to move you know she was more patient you know she was more uh more patient than i was but in god's time even though it at that moment after the 3 or 4 years have passed you're like man but it but it seemed like it just happened all of a sudden but it in in the moment in the process you feel like it's taking forever like when yeah. when is when is God going to show me who's the one? When is it going to happen for me? When is this when when is the Lord going to show me who who his will is? But it's just living, you know, actually living in the moment, enjoying the process, uh, de- right. uh developing as a young man or young lady out there and just loving God because it's it didn't happen until I totally fell in love with God and and fell in love with the work of God that that that's when he blessed me with 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 my wife you know and yeah. instead of being so uh, enamored in in trying to get that right girl i just fell in love with jesus and then he brought it in his perfect timing you know yeah. it's just it's, it's beautiful everyone's lo- uh, love story is 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 different but that's how mine was you know um, yeah and there's no quicker way to ruin a ministry 
than to marry the wrong girl or guy at the wrong time. There's guys that had such great, incredible anointings that married the first girl that, you know, they had a chance with. And man, it's like doing nothing because their wife won't let them. Yeah. And they're miserable because there's nothing more miserable than knowing you're called and you can't fulfill your calling. And I think that uh, Joey also introduced a good point in that you don't necessarily have to be called into ministry for it to be important to to wait on God's timing. Um, you know, especially with that, with having a spouse, um, you know, maybe, maybe getting involved with things too soon. Um, and so you're in love with that instead of Jesus. You're in love with that instead of having a relationship with God. Um, you know, the worth the wait, right? The uncut key. <laughs> Whatever yeah, else, heard whatever that else, they, they that was, that was what they did every year. They they uh they did a worth the wait. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. They don't do it. Do they just still do that? Uh, we try to we try to bring it back every once in a while. Got to bring back yeah. those uncut keys, those blue keys. <laughs> I've never heard about that one. Yeah, basically it's been uncut. <laughs> yeah. So once you cut it, it won't fit the right yeah. lock. You can't switch locks. I'll never forget when That's I first analogy. when I first moved to LA. I think the Pastor Elms did the worth the way, and he used uh, he had two you know those like big cookies that they make at the at the deli uh, or at the bakery, um, the big decorative uh, cookies. He had one that was all perfect, and then he had another one that was that was all just like smeared up and half eaten and stuff and. Uh, and, and and I've shared my testimony on on this podcast. I mean, you know, my past is you know, yeah, spotted, checkered, it not nothing to be proud of by any stretch of the imagination. But I just remember thinking, I'm that cookie. <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible. Oh man. And uh yeah. So your so your the end of your testimony like, is but let me tell you he can refrost your yeah. cookie. <laughs> <laughs> May not. I don't think I'll put it that way but okay. yes yes a lot, or he can uncut your key that when when God the great baker takes over he can take that old disgruntled mangled not on cookie and turn it into a freshly created chocolate chip snickerdoodle with shaped like a heart. Should we let <laughs> should we let Joey get the final word? <laughs> yeah, um, we're, 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 Elder uh, Bishop, we're, give us give us the final word. <laughs> final word. All right. The word is seek the Lord with all your heart. Put him first, and he's going to bring everything in its time, in his perfect time. Don't get anxious, and we all we, we always really tend to get anxious and impatient. But just to wait on God, He knows what's best for us. And um, even those who are not in the ministry right now, if uh, the Lord has a, a specific assignment He has for them, every young man, every young woman, uh, He has a specific assignment, a specific influence He wants them to at different platforms of life, whether or not. Their calling is to to wait on him for him to open a door to be in the certain 
a secular job where they can make be an influence and win souls there or wherever they go but to be patient and uh because it, it would do us no good in us developing the character of christ if he gave us everything when we asked at that moment we wouldn't learn to trust him and that's key in trusting in jesus you're never gonna you're never gonna regret trusting God and waiting on his perfect timing. Right along the lines with that, that when it comes time to take that step of faith, by all means, take that step of faith. Because God's gonna be there with you, especially if you've been patient and waiting. Uh, just like Elder Bishop Rios just uh, told us so eloquently in his smooth, smooth talk radio voice (laughs) thank you uh, brother Joey for being on the show with us sure have enjoyed it it's been so much fun thank you and this has been another great episode but we have come to the end if you haven't already clicked on the subscribe button go ahead and do that so you don't miss it on any of the great content we're putting out there every two weeks and head on over to Facebook post on our wall let us know who you are where you're ministering at what kind of ministry you're hoping for what you're doing right now And uh, hopefully we get to know you a little bit better and we can get uh, uh, some interaction going on our Facebook page. Thanks again for listening. And until next episode, remember, you matter to the kingdom of God. Behind the Pulpit Podcast.